So last Sunday I, I, I mentioned um, this year I wanted to do kind of a preparation for Easter, uh, Lenten kind of series leading us up to Easter. Um, we started by uh, looking at a, a gospel. I, I said the people who were ready for Jesus were the ones who knew him. Uh, the people who were ready for Easter and what Easter meant, even if they were a little bit confused by it, they're the ones who received it. And so I just want to look at one of the gospels and see, you know, in this gospel, how do we know Jesus better? How do we better prepare ourselves for, for what is coming? We looked at the, the gospel of John, I said, because John was written specifically because people were questioning who was Jesus. They were calling into question the divine nature and, and, and the God who was fully man and, and fully God. And, and so John wrote his gospel as kind of an apologetic response to that. And he gives us in his gospel the purpose of his gospel. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's why we're looking at the book of of John is is that we may understand what the Messiah that we may understand who he is the son of God and, and that we may fully appreciate or maybe have a new appreciation of Easter I'm going to preach on one of the I am statements that I know in looking back I preached on not just a, a couple months ago I think um, but while I preach it today I, I hope that you can see there's a different perspective on what I'm saying I didn't just go back and get my old notes out and preach them again I I wrote an entirely new sermon based on on these verses that can be found in John chapter 6, which is the chapter that we were in last week. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs they performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him... God the Father has placed his seal of approval. They asked him what must be due uh, to do the works God requires. And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent. So then they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors, they ate manna in the desert, in the wilderness. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Last week we started a series looking at these statements, these declarations of Jesus where he declares, I am. We started in one that isn't a normal seven. There's people identify seven I am statements of, of Jesus. But last week we looked at, at four places in Scripture where Jesus simply declared, I am. We were in John chapter 6 last week when Jesus was walking on the water and, and, and the disciples were wondering, they were scared, and he cried out from, from the, the lake that he was walking on, I am. Meaning that Jesus is fully God. And now we're going to continue looking at, yeah, he, he's declared that he is fully God, but now he gives us a picture throughout this Gospel of John of, 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 of characteristics or, or of, of who he is. And, and the first one I wanted to look at was this one that says, I am the bread of life. So going through these verses just quickly, it says, when they, who do you think they is? You know, I, I just pulled it out. You may not have an idea. John chapter 6, you've got to read the whole chapter to get what's happening here. So in the beginning of John chapter 6, we have Jesus 
and his disciples, and there's this large crowd on a mountainside. And Jesus looks at Philip and he says, how are we going to feed them? Where are we going to get enough bread to, to feed these? And, and Philip's questioning. He doesn't know how it's going to happen. Um, and Jesus feeds the 5,000. Last week we talked that, about the disciples being on the lake, but, but at the end of, of this miracle that Jesus did, the people recognized this was the prophet. This was the one who they'd been waiting for, and they wanted to actually, by force, make him king, is what it says in John chapter 6. And so Jesus, the disciples leave. Jesus goes off to, to get by himself. He walks across the, the lake. He joins back with the disciples on the boat, and they come to the other side of the lake. So the they in this verse is actually the crowd that Jesus spoke to or the crowd that was there when he multiplied the fish and the loaves. So they got up and they couldn't find Jesus, so they, they started to look for him. And they came to the other side of the lake, and they found Jesus. So that's the they that we're talking about. These are the ones that just experienced this miraculous sign from Christ. So in verse 26, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. When Jesus speaks, I am the bread of life, I believe he is bringing a new understanding to his followers. In this verse that I just read, in verse 26, he said, you're looking for me uh, not because of the signs you saw, but because of the bread you ate. And a theme that I've noticed this week in studying John chapter 6 is Jesus in his presentation, in his declaration, I am the bread of life. He's distinguishing the carnal from the spiritual. You fed yourselves. You ate till you were full. That's why you're looking for me. It's what fed your flesh. It's what satisfied your physical needs. It wasn't because of the miracle I performed. It was because of what you got for yourself. That's why you're seeking me. So he says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures on to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. He says, basically, God's got a way. You've got to follow my way, not, not man's way. And Jesus says in that verse, I'd just like to point this out, um, God has placed his seal of approval on who? Jesus. So bread is going to be a theme in this entire chapter. We're going to talk about it in just a little bit. Bread is consistent throughout this. And, you know, it starts with the multiplication of loaves. And Jesus is now declaring... And he's saying that God has placed his seal on him. So in that day when someone made bread, the baker put a seal on the loaf of bread so you knew who made it. So my seal would look different from your seal. So you probably wouldn't want my seal because I may not be the best bread maker. But when, when the seal of a bread maker was on there, you know, um, I don't get to get it anymore because it's just too darn expensive now. Everything's gone up in cost. For me, I used to love the Sara Lee soft and smooth bread. Now we've been stuck with the great value bread. I'll tell you the difference between great value and Sarah Lee. There's a sea of difference between the two. Because when I picked up the Sarah Lee, I knew I could squeeze it and it was soft. And when I ate it, it would be good. Walmart, you're rolling the dice. It might be hard. It might be soft. It might be bread. It might not. Jesus is making a declaration in this chapter. He's declaring, last week we said he's declaring, I am. 
when he cried out to his disciples, he was saying something more than it's just the man you knew, Jesus Christ. But this is the God you've been waiting on made flesh in Jesus Christ. There's something that's shifting in perspective. The kingdom of God is a unique thing when we begin to look at it because it begins to change our perspective on what we see. And Jesus is using the illustration of bread to change perspective on what the crowd was seeing. John 6 is like an incredible sermon from Jesus. He's purposefully connecting this to what the disciples would have known. The end of John chapter 5. But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses. When he says Moses, he's talking about the law that came through Moses. On whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? So I bring up Moses because Jesus is now talking about being the bread of life. He's connecting himself to a story. These were Jewish followers that would have understood the story of Moses. They would have understood that what? They had the law, and the law was, was set for what purpose? Why did God give Moses the law? He gave Moses the law for the salvation of man. He didn't give Moses the law to have a bunch of rules that are hard to eat or hard to follow and so we wouldn't eat bacon. He gave Moses the law so that his creation could be redeemed. But then the law, this is what he's saying to Moses, through Moses became something that people allowed to feed their flesh, right? We talked about the Pharisees and Sadducees in Sunday school. Those who kept the law to the jot and tittle, that's literally every mark in Hebrew of the law, would set themselves up and they they obeyed the law. Why? Not for the salvation of man, but for the glory of themselves. Not to glorify God, but so that they would be lifted up. And he's saying, you know, there's a story from Moses. I know he's, he's hitting on it. It's funny, he talks about Moses at the end of John chapter 5. And right in John chapter 6, he's asking Philip this question, where are we going to find enough bread for these people to eat? What? He wants us to think about a specific moment in the ministry of Christ. A profound miracle that they'd heard about over and over again. I want to go back real quick because John uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 30, perspective. Now, if you recall, I said at the end of his moment on the mountainside with the people, they were so compelled that this was the prophet, right? If you want to read it in your scripture, it says that they wanted to make him king by force. They were so compelled that a day later, you know, sometimes when we feed our flesh, it's just temporary. Sometimes when we're seeking things for ourselves, we can never be satisfied. So what is compelling to me is that the, at the end of this encounter on, on the yesterday, they come to Jesus today, and what question do they make of him in John chapter 6, verse 30? Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, I was there. They asked him, what sign do you give that we may see it and believe you? How quickly... Feeding the flesh falls away. 
24 hours ago, the miracle was so incredible. This was the prophet. We're going to go take on Rome and overthrow Rome because this is the guy we've been waiting for. 24 hours ago, we're going to pick up our pitchforks and whatever else we had at that time so we can go kill the Roman army and Jesus can become king. And 24 hours later, can you show us a sign? And isn't that our walk with the Lord? You see, Jesus is talking about something that is eternal, not something that is temporary. So many times we're seeking things that are temporary, not the things that are eternal. And he's going to use something from the history of Israel that, that was absolutely a miracle from God, but it met a very physical need. He begins to talk about this bread from heaven. The bread of life. I'll get there. Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In verse 47, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. There's a spiritual perspective. I'm the bread of life. Your ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness, yet they, it was a carnal provision. It was a supernatural provision, but it met a physical need. They ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus is taking a story that they would have known, a story they would have heard about. I tell you, when I read about, about manna in the wilderness, you know what one of us say when it says it, it, it tastes like honey and coriander? Like, man, I want to taste manna. Like, anybody ever, is that just me? Like, I'm just like reading it. I'm like, man, they went out. There were these flakes on the grass. They gathered them. They got enough so they could eat. For 40 years in the wilderness, they were able to go out and gather manna for their physical provision so they'd have enough food to eat while they were in the wilderness. And I read it. I'm not thinking about the provision. I'm thinking about the flavor. I'm thinking about myself. I just want to taste it. Like, what did it taste like? The story we can see in Exodus chapter 16. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hands in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you brought us out into this desert to starve this assembly to death. Then Moses said, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people will go out each day, gather enough for that day, and in this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. He said, for six days, go out and get it, but on the seventh, don't. The, the, the food that they gathered on the sixth day, it lasted the seventh day, but if they did it other times, it rotted and spoiled. For 40 years, I said, that he provided manna in the wilderness until they ate the fruit of Canaan. Once they ate the fruit of Canaan, the manna stopped appearing. This was an incredible moment. It was an incredible miracle for the provision of God for for Israel in its wilderness. And Jesus is beginning. John chapter 6 in a very similar position. 
the, the parallels between Moses and Jesus in these two chapters. What happens? They're standing before a crowd who is hungry. Yeah, the Israelites were going to starve to death, but, but Jesus was worried about what these people were going to eat. They had a very physical need that needed to be met. There was a multitude before them, and they had to do something. And so Jesus did what? He performed a miracle and met a physical need for those people. He gave them enough bread to eat, so much that there were 12 basketfuls left over. How can we not see that Jesus is preparing us as we're reading John chapter 6? I'm telling you, when John is writing this, he's saying, boy, this is going to be a good moment. When Jesus is preaching this, I'm looking at this as Jesus is like, this is one of my good sermons. You know, sometimes you feel like you got really good illustrations. You're like, this is going to be a good one. And then other times you're like, man, this is not. And then the one that you think is not really good and the one that you think was good, people don't even laugh at your jokes that you made. Except for my wife, because she knows my humor. This is an incredible telling. Jesus starts with a crowd that is hungry and needs a provision. But he starts with a crowd that is hungry and doesn't just have a physical need, but has a spiritual need. They need to see the Word made flesh who made His dwelling among them. They need to understand that this is Jesus Christ so they can be prepared for His death and resurrection. And He's preaching to them, boy, I'm going to take something you know. You know the story of Moses. You know what happened in the wilderness. I'm going to take that bread and I'm going to show you what He can do. And Jesus on that mountain, He takes the bread, the loaves from that kid, and He makes bread for the people to eat. Boy, their needs are met. They fed their flesh. And they sought him out. And they found him. And he said, you're seeking me because of the bread. Not because of who I am. If you understood who was before you, I'm the bread of life. Your forefathers, they ate manna in the wilderness. And they did what? They died. We can only feed our flesh for so long before we die. We can only feed our flesh so long, gratify ourselves so long before we die. Manna was temporary and symbolic. The bread of life is eternal and fulfilling. That's what the bread of life is. Remember in Deuteronomy, this comes up. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 when he's in the wilderness tempted by the enemy who tells him to turn stones into bread. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna. He met your very physical need, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you why. To teach you what? That manna's good. The teacher that God will meet every physical need that I have. You talk about the lesson he's trying to teach. He brought manna to teach you what? Man cannot live on bread alone. Wait, we just got through 40 years in the wilderness. But he must live on what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Even, think about how profound this is. You know, I can't put myself in God's, in God's thought processes too often. But, but how incredible is it that there's a miracle and he's instructing the people that have experienced this remarkable miracle of God. He did you that to teach you that, yeah, God's just not a good baker. 
He did that so that you would understand man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So often we think, if just my physical needs will be met, then I'll be content. We think if I can just find happiness in this place, I'll live a quality life. If I can just be set free from this piece or or just this thing, if I can just have that job or I can have this much or I can buy that place, we're so busy filling our flesh that we're missing the story, the message from Jesus Christ, the message that God spoke, the message that Jesus is reiterating is, yes, you can meet every physical need you have, but you will not be satisfied. Because just like the ancestors in the desert, you will die. I'm the bread of life. If you eat from me, you will have eternal life. It's a profound message. Think of it. If you eat from me, you see, I like to look at this. This is Pastor Steve's brain, okay? The wilderness of Israel. This time of wandering. This time of waiting on God's promise. To me, it equates a lot to my life. God's promises have been fulfilled but are not yet fully fulfilled in my life, if you know what I'm saying. There's still a promised land to come where I won't be bald and I may not have quite a belly. And while I'm in my promised land, there is daily bread that will sustain me until I get to the place that God has called me, until I get to my eternal home in Jesus Christ. But the only way I'm going to get to the promised land is if I eat the daily bread of Jesus Christ. If I partake of the living bread, that's the only way I can experience God's eternal promises, His promised land for my life. That's the only way I can enjoy the fruit of Canaan is if I participate in the bread of life today. There's no other way to do that. Jews, you thought the law was going to get you there. I got a better way. People, you think your ways going to get you there? You think your flesh is going to get you there? I promise it will die. You know what I've noticed? I can't read as well as I once could. Yeah, my flesh is failing. It's inevitable. Don't take them off now, Elton. Elton pulls his glasses off real fast like he's not old. (laughs) Our flesh will fail. It will only satisfy us for a day. When we seek to please our flesh, when we seek to satisfy our flesh, we will never be fully satisfied. I said, I believe this is one of the greatest sermons Jesus ever preached, and I don't want to finish without telling the rest of the story. I'm not, I'm not talking about the whole scripture because we'd be here for a long time. I mean, the rest of John chapter 6. Jesus looks at them in this transcript and he he starts to begin to say these things like, unless you eat the flesh of my body and drink the blood, drink my blood, you will not have eternal life. And do you want to know how these people responded? 
They heard the same message you're hearing this morning. And on hearing it, many of his disciples, these are the ones that just 24 hours ago were ready to make him the king. They were ready to take on Rome. They were ready to do whatever it takes for him to assume the role that they believed God had called him to, as- to assume. The disciples said, this is a hard teaching. You see, their flesh. God doesn't always just call us to the easy things. He calls us to the hard things. Some things are hard for us to understand. Some things are hard for us at times to comprehend. They said to themselves, boy, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Well, where his disciples were doing what? I love this because we're just going back to the wilderness. They were grumbling. Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they're full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe who would betray him. John had to add that just in case anybody was worried about what's going to come next. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to the Father unless, or no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So this is, this is Jesus' masterpiece. John chapter 6. I mean, he even had the illustrated sermon before the sermon took place. He was prepared. He had already fed with bread. He had already done the miracles. He had signs, wonders to accompany. He declared he walked on water. His disciples saw him walk on water. Not the ones who betrayed him, but the ones that he's done all this to declare, I am God. I'm the, the word made flesh who made his dwelling among us. This is his big reveal. And many of the disciples said, this teaching is too hard for my flesh. And they left and betrayed him. Spiritual, physical, eternal, temporary. I promise you the greatest obstacle your relationship with God. The greatest obstacle to an eternity with Him is your flesh. It's yourself. It's what you feed. It's what you need satisfied. And there were many believers in that day and there are many believers in this day that say that teaching is too hard. The world tells me I should do whatever I want. I should feed my flesh. And that world is telling us to a place or leading us to a place of destruction. God is telling us, I'm the way. He's saying, I'm the bread of life. If you consume of me, you will be satisfied. You will never hunger again. Remember when he said to the woman at the well, he said, if you knew who I was, when he asked her to draw him a drink, he said, you would have asked me for living water, for I'm living water, and whoever drinks of me will never thirst again. God is a God who satisfies. We cannot be satisfied in our flesh in any way apart from him. You guys can come forward. I, he said, I am the bread of life. And just like those disciples some 2,000 years ago, we have a choice today whether we will receive what he's teaching. There may be some who hear and they say, boy, pastor, that was a good message. You got a little excited, but man, 
I like where I'm at. And I like what I'm doing. And I like how it makes me feel. And I like how it tastes. And I like how happy I am. And I like how fulfilled I feel. Yeah, I need it again tomorrow, but today I'm happy. There'll be many that may hear that, that yeah, that. But this word, it speaks to me. It cries out about the, 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 the continual uh, struggle between flesh and spirit. Between the reality that people, we will continually struggle with ourself versus our Savior. And we have a choice that we get to make today. We can say, God, I want the bread of life. We can say, God, I want the one who satisfies that in my wilderness, in this season that I'm living, every day I need to be fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Every day I need to partake of who He is and what He's promised to get me to my promised land where I can forever be satisfied. But it's our choice. Father, this morning in this place, you know our lives, you know our hearts, you know our flesh. You know our thoughts. You know our bread. Those things that we've said we can't live without. Those moments that just satisfy our flesh. The pursuits for fulfillment that always fade away. Satisfaction through the bread of man leads to death. That's eternal separation from you. God, today, I pray for the bread of life. Jesus Christ, who had the seal of his Father. The Word of God, who was made flesh, made his dwelling among us. The one who declared, I am on the lake. The one who said, unless you believe in me, you'll never make it to your promised land. Jesus, I'll pray today that we can consume the bread of life. That through him, we would be eternally sustained. Through him, we would be forever satisfied. God, help us to receive. Help us to hear and help us to respond. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to have the worship team continue to play this song and I'm going to open up the altars. And again, it's a chance to respond to the message. If there's something in the message that that you need to respond to, please come forward and respond. It's a chance to respond to life. Sometimes in life, things happen. Things get tough. 
And we just need someone to stand and agree with us and, and pray with us. Now is a time for prayer. Now is a time that we can respond. As your pastor, I'll be up here to pray. There's probably someone sitting near you that'll pray with you too if you just want to stay where you're at. But this is an opportunity for us to, to present our requests. Let God respond or respond to his word. Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life. He's got eternal bread that satisfies. He will satisfy. He will sustain you until eternity. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. And may you commune with the bread of life. Amen? Be blessed.